are Locked On NBA, your daily NBA podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On NBA podcast. Happy that you're joining us after a five-game night in the NBA. On Wednesdays, I'm one of your regular co-hosts, John Corrales. I host the Locked On Celtics podcast. Find me on Twitter at RedsArmy underscore John. And I'm Jake Madison, host of the Locked On Pelicans podcast. You can find me on Twitter at Nola Jake. So what we do is we watch the games, we tell you about them, and then later on we'll talk about tomorrow's games and a couple of news items, including expansion uh, as as one of the things and a James Harden update, of course, because everything revolves around James Harden until he's traded. But let's start with actual basketball, Jake, and the Los Angeles Lakers squeaking by the Memphis Grizzlies. This, by the way, for people who do follow me on Twitter, was an NBA belt game. For people who don't know the NBA belt, the champions come into the league uh, into the season with the NBA belt, and every game they play is a title match. And the Lakers took it back for the Memphis Grizzlies in the last game and defended it against them with a 94-92 win where it looked like the Lakers kind of sort of sleepwalked their way. 26 points each for LeBron James and Anthony Davis. Uh, 11 rebounds, 7 assists for LeBron. 10 rebounds, 4 assists, 3 steals, 3 blocks for Anthony Davis. That's going to be enough to beat the Memphis Grizzlies without John Morant, without JJJ, all those guys. Yeah, you know, this is the kind of game that makes you kind of frustrated with the Lakers because one, they were so boring to watch through this when they should be a really fun team. And as you said, they, they slept walk through this. They knew they didn't need to go all out to try and win this game. I don't know if I've ever seen Anthony Davis be so passive offensively. He took 10 threes in this one, a bunch of corner threes, which look good for him. The fact that he can nail those and he hit four of them. That's not really how you want him to be used. It's kind of not fun to watch him just kind of standing on the perimeter doing nothing. If you're a Lakers fan, this game probably annoyed the hell out of you, even though they won, which is kind of weird to say. And yeah, Memphis just just didn't have enough. Like there, There's nothing else to say there. Without Ja Morant, this team definitely can struggle to score. Yeah, and especially when uh, Marcus Gasol handles Jonas Valanciunas, holds him to 4 of 13 shooting, uh, that is definitely not going to get the job done. If you don't have your stars, you need other guys to step up. Although, a little, you know, we're looking for bright sides. Gorgie Jang has looked okay recently. He had 13 points. Oh, man, he, he had a stretch in this one where he, especially in like the first quarter, where he kind of took over and it was going to be the Georgie Dang game that we were going to have, but not <laughs> to be. So, so close to that. Uh, and got to shout out the highlight of the game, DeAnthony Melton blocking Anthony Davis and coming down uh, and yamming a poster on the other end. Just look, when you're when you're Memphis, when you're shorthanded, you're looking for little things like that to kind of get you through. Okay, on to the next game. I don't have anything else to say with that game. The next game was a lot more fun. Denver Nuggets over the Minnesota Timberwolves, 123 to 116. The Denver Nuggets put together a 15-0 run in the fourth quarter behind Nikola Jokic, who didn't, I don't think he looked his absolute best self. And that only no, not result- at all. So like, it's, you're going to read his line yeah. in a second, but 
I, I couldn't say he was good in this game, right? Like I, I, he, he was, you're going to read the line and the stats are eye popping, but like, I didn't feel he dominated this. I have a, and I have a thought on the Denver Nuggets in a minute, but read his line because wow. Right. Because 35 points, 15 rebounds, six assists, three steals, and a block is a monster night for a guy that you, if I told you that you, you watch the game and then at the end you go, wow, he, he did all that. Really? But yeah, it was, it's weird, right? Like he just, part of it is that that Denver Nuggets defense cannot really get stopped. So they ended up kind of getting them down the stretch, but they are struggling and probably have one of the worst defenses in the league. And you can really, really see them missing Jeremy Grant, though it's, you know, I understand the reasons that he left, but oh my God, would he be a difference maker for him? Or even a guy like Tory Craig too, I think would be really important for them. And that just makes me feel a certain way about this Denver Nuggets team. And if you're them, this is one of the teams that probably needs to be most active at the trade deadline. They're kind of all in with, you know, Jamal Murray, with Nikola Jokic playing at the level that they do. This is not a, okay, let's try and wait and find the right guy that puts us over the edge eventually. They need to kind of find that right now. It's not Michael Porter Jr. um, who, you know, didn't play in this one. And so they're going to need to get something else on this team. So the question boils down to, this is the debate with the Denver Nuggets, Michael Porter Jr., tradable or untradable. And everything you hear from people in the league is untradable, but you, you see what he, he gives you. And yeah, I see the promise, but at the same time, isn't now the time for the Denver Nuggets? If doesn't flipping, Porter for Harden, if that's what it takes, make more sense because Harden fits the timeline of now. I just don't see how long are you going to wait? No, it is. It feels like being too cutesy with your assets. You, you, you know, all about this with the Boston Celtics to some degree, and maybe you miss a window because of something like that. Like if you're the Denver Nuggets, at this point, how big is missing out on Drew Holiday even for a team like this, is particularly for what he gives you and what they need? And look, credit to the Minnesota Timberwolves for overcoming a pretty slow start to this game and kind of running out to a big performance. D'Angelo Russell, after a bad first quarter, really got right in this one, put up 33-11, and 11, which is exactly what you want to see out of him. He was 4 of 9 from deep. They don't have Carl Anthony Towns, and they kind of took it to this Denver Nuggets team. You also had kind of the Juancho Hernan Gomez revenge game, 25 points and 8 rebounds from him. But the Denver Nuggets should have run away with this one, right? And they didn't. And that makes me really worried about a team that everyone was putting at 2-3-4 in the Western Conference. Yeah, they are. When we talk about teams that you're concerned about, I'm not at Toronto Raptors level of concern. No, not there yet. But I don't feel good about them. Also, right. I'm not comfortable with them either. And things may change. uh, And... they they definitely are in that we need to make some sort of move. And maybe it's not Harden. Everybody automatically goes towards Harden. And it, it, it could be something else. But see, I, I, I get why he's the biggest name out there, right? So you mentioned him. Of course. Like, does he really fix what's wrong with them? I mean, yeah, like he's going to help them if that's the move they somehow managed to pull off, let's say. But man, they need some help on the wing and defending. And obviously that's not Harden. And so you can probably give up less and get a player that maybe makes a similar-ish impact by filling a bigger hole than the impact James Harden would give you by not filling a hole. 
Does that make sense? That didn't sound right when I said it. <laughs> no, but, I know what you're but saying. You get what I'm trying to say. I think. I think really what you're trying to weigh is giving up, giving up as much as you'll have to give up to get Harden, and right. really making that now is our time. And you have to look at what would it take. And I don't know exactly what it would take, but when they get that demand from Houston. And they look at it and they say, is this going to get us past the Lakers? Because once you win a right. championship, nothing, it, it's, it all, it's all worth it. You know, ask the Toronto Raptors if the Kawhi trade was worth it for one season. It certainly was. But you have to sit there and really believe that this move is the move. And if it's not, then maybe you go a different route and see if you can get anything for Gary Harris and, and maybe just get yourself some sort of three and D wing. You know, I, again, we talk about Boston. Is there somebody on this team for the nuggets that you can throw to Boston for their trader traded player exception that, that they got in the Gordon Hayward deal and get somebody even simply like a Shemi Ojale who is hitting his threes this, this season is six for his last 11. So obviously small sample size, but I know from watching him, he looks better than he has over the past few years and is a three and D type of guy that if you're getting rid of a change of scenery guy that Boston would want, and you're getting a just simple plug and play guy that can defend on the wing, then maybe you just say, hey, we're going to roll with Jamal Murray. We're going to roll with Jokic. We're going to see if Porter can can be not as lost defensively and get a guy off the bench that we can plug in there when we need stops. That's the guy that you plug in to, to, to get those stops. And you, you kind of roll with the rest of your bench lineup and you're not worried about like giving up a Will Barton in some sort of crazy deal. Yeah. I, I think, I think that's kind of like what it is like, man, if they could just find a way to trade for a guy like Jeremy Grant, this team would be really good. <laughs> wow. Just a parting shot right on the, I like good way that to end one. this segment. I like that one. That's, that's a great mic drop to end the segment. When we come back the rest of the games on the slate, including the Portland Trailblazers locked in a tight battle with the Chicago Bulls. That's coming up next. We probably would have lost some money laying that on the uh, laying money on the the Portland Trailblazers in this one. The BetOnline.ag. I didn't even see what the spread was, but uh, I'm sure I would have lost a couple of bucks. But you can go and try your own luck by signing up for a free account at betonline.ag. Sign up today and use the promo code Locked On. You're going to get a 50% welcome bonus. That's basically free money. Whatever you deposit, they're going to give you 50%. So that might be your biggest win of the year right there. And they've got everything. I know the football playoffs are coming up. College football still. College basketball. Uh, obviously, everything NBA, you can bet in-game. They have some cool in-game things. So even if you miss the start of the game, you want to you could have bet on the fourth quarter of that Denver Nuggets game, for example. So don't sit on the sidelines. Go ahead and get in the action. And don't forget to use that promo code locked on to get a 50% off welcome bonus. A 50%, sorry, welcome bonus with your first deposit. You make a deposit, they give you an extra 50% of what you deposited on betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts.
2020 is gone. 2021 is already better, and it can get even better in this fresh start with a few wins. You just signed up for that betonline.ag account, so why don't you subscribe to Locked On Bets with your boy Q and Lee Sterling of Paramount Sports. It's a new podcast here on the Locked On Podcast Network, and they're going to get you more wins. They're picking college basketball, football, and NBA locks all winter long. Subscribe to Locked On Bets wherever you get your podcasts. Let's get back to the floor where the Utah Jazz were utterly, thoroughly demolished by the just, Brooklyn just Nets. Just run off of it, by the way. It was, wow, 130, 130 to 96. This was literally never a game. Within minutes of the, the, the jump ball, they were already well behind. Kyrie Irving was perfect in the first Went quarter. off. He, he, like he, he had a point to prove in this one, it felt like. And they called this on yesterday's Locked On NBA 2, saying he was going to come out and try and prove a point, show that he can make up for Kevin Durant not being there. Yeah. He did it. <laughs> yeah. Wes, Wes Goldberg was sort of sarcastic. like, oh, yeah, Kyrie's going to try and do it all himself. Kyrie basically did it all himself, at least in the first half. Yeah, he did it all himself. Um, they, they just they ran out. There's, there's, first of all, there is nothing Literally zero nothing we can say positively about the Utah Jazz. Everything about the Jazz stunk in this game. Even even um, the 31-point performance from Donovan Mitchell, that wasn't even a very good 31-point performance. But it was a big fat zero for them. On the Brooklyn side, Kyrie was Kyrie. Jared Allen is, to me, the story of this game in the second half. Dominating the matchup. Dominating the matchup with Rudy Gobert and now raising the questions all over social media that I saw. Why is he not starting? I, th- I think we know to some degree why we not. Do. Jared Allen with ni- 19 points, five offensive rebounds, and 13 defensive boards matching up with Rudy Gobert. That says a lot about him. And don't forget to get Karis LeVert off the bench. Finished with 24 points for the Brooklyn Nets here. When he's in that Manu Ginobili-esque off-the-bench role, which he is really well-suited for and can kind of run a second unit, he adds so, so much to that team, especially with like the injury to Spencer Dinwiddie and some of the other things that they're dealing with. No Kevin Durant right now. Getting 24 off the bench from him was big. And yeah, Brooklyn just ran yep. the Jazz out of there. Yeah, I think sometimes Karis LeVert can be a little too ISO, but that's, yes. you know... That that's that's kind of what he is and who he is. But that's and, why it fits with that second unit, right? Like you put him in there with Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, and he's doing that. Like, yeah, this is this is terrible. Right. Do not do that. And he's a horrible player at that point. But he's not with those guys, and he's with kind of some of the other people they have. Oh, I let that dude run wild, kind of. Yep. Yep. Okay. Moving on, the Spurs holding off the L.A. Clippers one sixteen to one thirteen. There was a there a moment there in the fourth quarter with a few minutes to go, where Patty Mills hit his eighth three of the night. He was eight of 11 at that point from three. Uh, I said, oh, well, he's closed out. He's closed out the Clippers. The Clippers made a big comeback and nearly came back and stole this game without Paul George, but Kawhi Leonard missed a three-pointer at the buzzer, and the Clippers lose this game. Yeah, you know, the Clippers didn't have Paul George in this one. And so anytime you had Kawhi Leonard on the bench for the Clippers, they just did not look 
particularly good. They had that good run in the third quarter, kind of get them back in there. But this was a team that without Paul George, their second best player in there, it, it really hurts them a little bit. And they were just not doing a whole lot right. And the Spurs team, I have no idea what to make of them. I don't mind saying that out loud. I can't tell if they're good or not. This just kind of made me realize Patty Mills, who's been there for like almost a decade or something like that, I think, would be an unbelievable guy for a contending team to try and trade for. Sure. FIBA Patty in this one. He was uh, yeah. channeling his his old international self. Yeah, he he still has value for sure. It's going to be really interesting to see what the Spurs end up doing. But this is classic Spurs, right? Like you, you come in yes. and you look at this this team and you say they're not going to be a playoff team, but it's still a Greg Popovich team. It's still the San Antonio Spurs, and it's still a bunch of gamers on this team that even the young guys they they are they're contributing and a nice uh, contribution with Derek White out. By the way, Derek White out indefinitely with the fractured toe. Devin Fassell, right the after rookie, coming back, comes in and and gives them twelve points on four or five shooting, three of four from three. His best game so far as a rookie. A nice contribution from from him there. Rudy Gay had a nice a nice game off the bench. I mean, the Spurs. What are you going to say? What analysis is there? The Spurs are going to spur their way to being formidable. Yeah, like I, I, they have a bunch of young guys, right? You've got Murray there, who I think is really good. You've got Lonnie Walker. You've got Keldon Johnson. And I think like a lot of their young guys that they have are good enough. Like I don't see end of any of them being maybe at an all-star level, maybe Murray, but probably not. And uh, that's a weird spot to kind of be in. You have sub nice pieces, but none that really stand out. That's good enough to get you fighting for the 10th spot and probably like the low end of the lottery for the foreseeable future, which frankly is a horrible place to be in. But then you kind of have faith in Popovich to maybe coach him up a little bit. And they somehow end up being a playoff team every year is like the eighth spot. Look, if there's any, if there's any year for the Spurs to maybe sell off a couple of these pieces and maybe say, look, Put the pride aside for a little bit and roll with the younger guys. See what you can get for some of these these older guys, like you said, Patty Mills. This upcoming draft is supposed to be so loaded that if you can find your way into that draft, get it something something a little higher. It's smart. You know, now now you're looking at because because look, as much as we talk about the Spurs and love the Spurs, this is not going to be a team that makes any noise. There's just no way that they no, get none. Past none. Anybody. Even if they make the playoffs. So no, they're, they're going to get bounced out in the first round. Like I said, they just, they don't have anyone that stands out at you of like, Oh, that guy's going to be a stud, right? They're all going to be fine players. You right. aren't going to go anywhere unless you get that main guy. So go find yourself a stud. If you can in this draft, this, and then that would match with the timeline of some of these younger guys. So and uh, by the way, Petty Mills making thirteen point two five million. That is a very movable contract. It is a very movable contract, absolutely. And you know, you know I'm thinking every 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 player that could be on the market. I'm thinking, does he fit into the trade <laughs> exception? Hmm. Because Boston Boston's the team. Boston's the one team that can move for one yeah. of these guys. But I don't know if he fits exactly what the Celtics are looking for. Uh, that I'll handle that on Locked On Celtics. Don't worry about that. Last game of the night, the Chicago Bulls beating the Portland Trailblazers 111 to 108. 
In this one, Damian Lillard, uh, though he hit some big shots at the end in, in some free throws, he was off 3 of 11 from 3, 6 of 17 overall, still 24 points, but when he's not shooting that well and when the Chicago Bulls were shooting pretty well from 3, that's just the formula for uh, an upset win by the Chicago Bulls. Yeah, you know, this was one that the Bulls probably shouldn't have won, but Damian and, and the Portland Trailblazers had a 20-point lead at this That's in right. this one in the first half. And then Damian Lillard, by the way, one of eight in the fourth quarter. He scored nine points, but doing it at the line and made just one field goal, one three. That's not how this team's gonna win game. They again, they they're similar-ish to the um Denver Nuggets in a way of they don't get stops. And they need someone who can play some more defense because you know what? They should have beaten the Chicago Bulls. The Bulls are not back just yet. But because they couldn't get stops, they found themselves in a hole and they were unable to get out of it. And they lost that game because of it. No one played exceedingly well, I think, for the Chicago Bulls. Kobe White was good. 21 points and 10 rebounds on the night for him. It's his first double-double with rebounds instead of assists. But I wouldn't say he was fantastic he scored those 21 points on 19 shots this is a game that if they could just get a stop here and there not even that many the portland trailblazers should have been able to win but that team can't there's no one really capable of getting those kind of stops and if you don't really get that you're not going to win very many games now this is a team that i'm also worried about and i kind of put them in that same bucket as the denver nuggets so many people, when they made those moves, were like, I, mean, I forget who it was. Oh, oh I, I liked it. Like, I thought, like, oh, look at all the wing depth they have and everything. Yeah, and it's but, like, oh, yeah, none of those guys can defend. But they were well, talking about them like it. the second best team in the, in the West. And I was like, no, that's, that's not going to be true at all. Uh, and you got Ennis Cantor on the floor in, in the stretch that you can attack Ennis Cantor. I don't... I don't know why the people in Portland, because he had one good playoff run where he was he was okay. They celebrated Ennis Cantor going back there, and I was like, "What are you celebrating?" Boston was very happy to let him go. Oh no no no! He, he has moments where he'll grab you some boards and give you a couple points, but there's no defense there, and he becomes such a liability. They need him to play big minutes right now, and they can only play him 15 or so because he's such a liability on the defensive side of the ball, and that is going to be a big problem for Portland. uh, They can't have a bad shooting night from Damian Lillard. They will lose. It's really as simple as that. Lillard was 6 of 17 on the night. You're going to lose games if he does that because you don't get stopped, so you have to win games like 130 to 125 or something in that range of things. Shout out to Patrick Williams who had 14 points on 5 of 8 shooting. Nice performance by the rookie there. Basically, just a nice, even performance by the Chicago Bulls who got double figures from seven different guys. Uh, so that's a nice level performance from them. All right, when we come... Oh, also, uh, quickly, Otto Porter Jr. looked good in this one. He was a bit of a standout, grabbed a key offensive rebound late in the game that really helped seal it. Nice to see him succeeding there. Yes, it is. Um, yeah, I do. I do hope that he continues to do well. All right. When we come back, James Harden news, expansion news, as part of our run through a couple of the important stories and a look ahead until tomorrow's games. So grab yourself a Built Bar, relax while we run through all of that stuff. Built Bar is 
the best protein bar on the market. I've been eating protein bars for a long time because I like them as a meal replacement sometimes. It's a good thing to just as I'm like running out late for work, but all of those protein bars that I've had were all dense, hard to chew. It took like half a gallon of water to wash them down. Built Bar is a nice, good, snack size, delicious, candy bar tasting protein bar. 18 flavors that come in nuts and no nuts if you are allergic. They're covered in chocolate, soft and easy to chew. Great if you're looking to maintain weight, lose weight. They're low sugar, high protein, high fiber, low calorie. It's a great thing to have uh, after a workout, whenever. So check them out for yourself. Go to BuiltBar.com, use the promo code LOCKEDON. If you're skeptical, if you're not sure, even after all of the stuff we've been telling you for so long, go ahead and just buy one box. Use the promo code to buy one box because you can use that promo code again when you love them to buy more. It doesn't expire. The promo code is locked on for 20% off your next order at BuiltBar.com. Make sure you are subscribed to this Locked On NBA podcast. It's a Monday through Friday podcast. That's our shtick here on the network. We're here for you Monday through Friday, so make this show part of your daily routine. It's a rotating band of hosts, so obviously Jake and I have Wednesdays. There's a new group every day of the week, so it's got everything covered from the night and looking ahead to the bigger stories and the next day's games. Like right now, we're looking at the Miami Heat pulling out of the James Harden sweepstakes because, Jake, Tyler Hero and Duncan Robinson were just not enough for the Houston Rockets. Do you think that should be enough for the Houston Rockets if they were going to make a deal with Miami? I mean, look, without getting into some of the technical details of the trade and making salaries match and all of that, of like if you're looking at the centerpiece stuff, yes, that should be enough. You probably need to throw a couple picks and maybe some pick swaps in there. But honestly, that's not going to really matter for either of these two teams, the pick swaps or the picks all that much. If you're Houston, you're not going to get a better deal than Tyler Hero and Duncan Robinson in terms of centerpiece players. Young guys who have really good potential. One's an outstanding shooter, maybe the best in the league. One guy, Tyler Hero, who could look like a future all-star potentially. Uh, with, with how awful Harden's kind of been and annoying you and could be disruptive, yeah, they probably need to jump on a trade like this and maybe get more realistic about this. This is why I think Harden has maybe more leverage than you know people realize because, frankly, the return just isn't that good. Um, in general, you're not going to get kind of a king's ransom for him. Ship him out for the best deal you can get before things get worse, and maybe those guys don't get on the table anymore because you're asking for too much or Miami goes on a run, gets better than 3-3, three and three, and they're like, you know what? We're going to stand pat and keep the guys we have. I still feel like Houston can be patient. Harden is just so good that at some point here, you let this season play out. One of these teams, and it may still be Miami, is going to be right on the cusp. And they're going to convince themselves that, just like we were talking about Denver before, they're going to convince themselves that, okay, one more guy is actually going to do this. We're going Harden is going to take us over the top. So for Miami, like right now, 
Now, we're going to hold on to, to Hero and Robinson, sure. But I think moving forward, you let Miami see if they can get into the top three and then say, well, Harden, add him to the heat culture, quote-unquote, and maybe that's enough to get us past Milwaukee again and back into the finals again. And this time, how does L.A. theoretically defend us? So... I, I still say I still say Houston should be patient. It, look, I don't think there's anything wrong with that necessarily. Like they're not a bad team right now. They're going to win some games. John Wall, I think, has looked pretty good, all things considered, for him. So, like, yeah, I, I think they could just be like, screw it, we're going to try and win and see if it goes. Then you just worry about his behavior, and we've talked about it on the show before. Can they find him? Can they shut him down? All that stuff. That's going to kind of be the big thing. Also, ESPN reporting that the NBA is aiming for $2.5 billion per expansion team. It feels like, Jake, that two of these teams are coming. And obviously, reportedly, we're we're ahead of the curve. They're talking about Seattle and Vegas. So that would be $5 billion into the league. And here's the best part. For the owners, they don't have to split this with the players. Nope, just goes right into them. Yeah, I wouldn't be shocked if they try and improve 10 teams at some point. Or for Tita with the Rockets, yeah. like, what if we added 20 more teams to the league? Hey, let's do a um, whole new league. 2.5 makes perfect sense. That's not the average value, I think, of these NBA franchises, but you got to pay a premium to kind of get in there. Yeah, like th- this is makes sense. I would love to see the Seattle Supersonics back. A team in Vegas sounds awesome to me and a lot of fun just for off-court drama too. I wholeheartedly support this. G- get it done. Yep, yep. It's, Have my blessing, NBA. It, it would be interesting to see if, 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 if the Players Association is like, hey, you know, you're doing, you're getting this $5 billion to help you out from, you know, the, the losses from COVID, we just had our guys give up 20% of their salary. Is there anything you can do to kick us something here? Because there, there is, just watch for it. There is a, a you know, CBA opt-out thing. There, I just, I'm curious. I don't know if they even have standing to do it. I'm curious if the players go, you just got $5 billion in for two new teams. And we're the ones who are ass out with, with all that money that we lost in COVID. Uh, this isn't fair. So just and, and, and what the owners are going to say is, cool, we're going to be spending $100 million per year at minimum on salary for two teams. So that's $200 million. Over 10 years, you get that money back per team, basically, um, or for one of the teams. And it creates more jobs in the NBA. I think they'll lose that. Yep, they might. So, all right. Moving on, last thing here. Obviously, we have both of our teams playing, the Celtics and the Heat and the Pelicans and Thunder, so we're both going to be watching those games. Anything particular from those games that you're looking for? Uh, I want to see the Pelicans run some half-court offense after a complete debacle against the (laughs) uh, Indiana Pacers the other night. Also, I'm actually pretty excited for the Clippers-Warriors game tomorrow night, or tonight on ESPN. Five and three Clippers, four and three. Three Warriors. Warriors looking like a zombie coming back for the dead with a little bit of revenge after people wrote him off right at the beginning of the season. And the Clippers looking somewhat vulnerable. Be a bit of a statement win, I think, for the Golden State Warriors if they win that one. Yep. How about the potential playoff preview of the Cavaliers and Magic? 
No, not really. Uh, you know, I want to <laughs> see if either I, I'm actually going to tune into this for a little bit because I've been hearing from our lockdown Cavs host that the or both of them that the sex land backcourt for the Cavaliers is very real. And maybe I actually need to be paying attention to them. The game, the game I'm really actually interested in seeing uh, and I won't be able to watch as much because the Celtics will be on jazz and Knicks after the jazz performance against Brooklyn. How do they bounce back against a Knicks team that is playing very, very well and maybe playing a, a style of basketball that the jazz haven't exactly handled well with a bunch of guys who are driving the ball. It's really going to test that defense on a back to back. If the jazz go into New York and lose to Brooklyn and the Knicks on a back-to-back. I'm just saying that that's going to start a little chirping with the Jazz and people looking at the Jazz and saying, do the Jazz now enter? Hey, do they need to make a move to... Do, do, do we throw them in with Portland and Denver as like teams we need to start worrying about? You know, maybe. I, I actually kind of believe a little, a little bit in this New York Knicks team, not a ton. I, I kind of have had fun watching contract year Julius Randle, but you look at some of the things he's doing and it actually looks like maybe he's stepped up his game in a realistic way and it's not just oh, contract year you're stuff. Buying in, you're have falling that. for it. So so I literally had this discussion with with Kendall <laughs> Baker of Axios Sports Day on my show, and he's kind of convinced me a little bit. I'm I I, I, I covered Julius Randle for a year. I'm not dumb yeah. enough to fall for yeah. contract year Julius Randle. Then I looked at a few things. I don't think I'm dumb. I think he's actually just improved a little yeah. bit. It's possible. It's possible that with, you know, look, we, we joke around with, about Tom Thibodeau and his, you know, whatever, his rotations and minutes and everything. He's still a good coach. He's still a really good coach. And, you know, he, he's not going to take anything from some of these guys. Maybe he's just the right guy for this player. And, yeah, having the 19-plus million dollars that's not guaranteed, maybe having that guaranteed for next year is a motivation as well, but... We'll see. We'll see. But I'm looking at this from the Jazz perspective because, like like I said before, they could be knocking on the door of that team that's like, maybe maybe they need to make some sort of move. We'll see. Not yet, but they're close. All right. That's the show. If you haven't subscribed to the podcast yet, please do. Also, subscribe to your favorite local team podcast. There's an NBA podcast for every team. We each host one. There's one if you're interested in the jazz. Obviously, David Locke does the jazz. You're going to hear his his take on that. I was listening to his Periscope after this game. He was not happy. So check him out, obviously. And on Wednesdays, I am one of your co-hosts here. I'm John Corrales, host of the Locked on Celtics podcast. You can find me on Twitter at RedsArmy underscore John. And I'm Jake Madison, host of the Locked On Pelicans podcast. You can find me on Twitter at Nola Jake. Thanks for listening. This has been the Locked On NBA podcast. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network.